Good evening. You're true to the second episode today of the Back of the Stand podcast. This is our GA podcast. Um, I'm delighted to be joined by Kevin again. Kevin, how, how did you think about the, the weekend's GA action? What, were, um, what kind of highlights stood out for you? Look, very exciting and great to have it back on um, this weekend after last weekend. I suppose you were just happy to see it. And this weekend, it's great just to get thrown into it and yeah. having Championship finally starting on the hurling side uh, and gearing up though, towards the football next week. And kind of seeing what way the, the leagues are going to take shape next year if we ever get the leagues going next year. When they'll get going, it'll be autumn, winter, summer, spring. Yeah. Um, so look, certainly just, just great to see us up and running. Um, I know we're going to go through kind of the games, but look, obviously the highlight for me was was Kerry capturing Division 1 uh, with another fine display in Tralee on Saturday. Um, kind of lower down the divisions then. Kind of look, look we'll, we'll, we'll go through it, but it was, it was good to see kind of Clare put up a battle against Armagh, but they were lucky to kind of survive. Thankfully, other results went their way in yeah. Division 2. Um, Division 3, what stands out is just how disappointing it was that Cork um, accepted the walkover from Longford. I, I feel that game should have gone ahead. And then Division 4 then, look, it was great to see Limerick going to Sligo and finally getting out of Division 4. And I think one that really stood out to me then as well was Wicklow getting the win over Wexford in Wexford. Um You'd, you'd wonder, kind of, did Paul Galvin know something before he left Westford? Kind of that look, they, they, they would have seen Wicklow as, as, as a win. And to be fair to Wicklow, they went down, they battled well, and saw some of the highlights on it there in Sunday game yesterday. And like, it was a fantastic win. But next week will tell a lot, just championship when they, when they do it all again in, in, in Wexford. Uh, but it's just good to see kind of the smaller counties really putting it up and kind of pulling themselves up uh, by the socks and uh, getting out of Division 4 because it, it's, it's tough down there. It is. It's very tough down there, and like I, like you speak from a, about Cork, they're being there in Division Three. Like I don't think being in Division Three would have done Cork any favors at all this year. Like I, I think whether we'd have gone up to, I think was it Longford. Um, I don't think it would have made any difference to Cork. Um, I think Longford didn't want to play the match because it was was it it did rubber for that from their point of view. Maybe although I saw somewhere that maybe it mightn't have been, but I I suppose it it speaks to the point that I spoke about on Twitter during the week about where games are actually being played and if it's right to be dragging teams halfway up the country or the whole way up the country to be playing a side like Kerry went up to Monaghan last week. Those games maybe could have been played in neutral venues halfway between. But like you speak about the lower counties there and you said, um, or the weaker counties as such, I don't know what, what respectful terminology you could give because um, like the game is important at all levels. Like as you said, it was great to see Limerick getting out of, of Division 4 and they'll be in Division 3 next year now and that, that'll be a step up for them. But like, I'll go through. The, I'll go through some of the results from Division One and Division Two at the weekend, just in a second now, um, and also from the hurling championship. But I suppose he could be a frustrating man to, at times to listen to. And I just saw Buff Egan last night giving out that there was no coverage of the Joe McDonough Cup on the Sunday game again. Um, but realistically, Kevin just and. I I hadn't planned to ask this, but it just kind of came into my head. Do you think it's realistic for the coverage of those games to be put on the Sunday game every week? Look, I suppose there's no reason why there can't be a little package of five minutes of that kind of highlights or at least to kind yeah. of call out the results. But I think, I know it's just a problem with the kind of national broadcaster and the financial position they're in, but I don't see why we can't have an, another kind of highlights package or a, a programme featuring the smaller counties. Um, 
any yeah. other the six nights a week. Look, I think it's great that kind of you can now stream all the games on GA Go. So it isn't as if kind of people were before let's say if, if you weren't able to get to the game you'd no hope of seeing anything. But at least now at home you can watch all the games like that. Now I, I got the Kerry game again um yeah. this weekend against me like I did against Antrim last week. But look, I suppose one way he's a point to kind of highlight it, but in another way like they can't get all thirty games that happen in a weekend no. in an hour and a half. Um and especially if people want to see kind of like the elites, the cream of the crop. But look I suppose what we should be looking at is maybe a second or third additional programmes where the Joe McDonough, the Christy Ring or the Laurie Matter or Nicky Racker all of them have their own kind of place. So it's just them whereas they don't get lost in the noise of the, the Liam McCarthy kind of competition. Absolutely, and and like I think it's probably important to say as well, like RTE, um, I think TG Cahar, everybody thinks that their promotion of Gaelic Games is probably by far the way of any, the best of any broadcaster, but like, if you want to be cold and hard about it, RTE are, dot, are not there to promote the GA, they're there to get ratings for their programmes, and the GA is a great way of doing that for them, so... I think there's a balance there. I can understand what he's saying that the weaker counties and that they, they, those not playing in the top tier of both championships deserve more respect and more um, promotion. But whose job it is to do that is probably open to question. Maybe the GA need to take that on themselves and say, look, they, like realistically, I don't know what the viewing figures be there to set up a second programme, a highlights programme. But like if the GA were doing it every week on, on their own website, just say, look, these are the, the highlights from divisions two to four or of the, the National Football League. Um, and the, and the, the, the Joe McDonough and Christy Ring and Laurie Maher and Nicky Rackard Cops, then I, I don't know but that suffice. I think it should. But look, we won't, I don't think we should get too caught up in that because we have a lot of talking points from t- for today's show. Um, so... What I'll do is I'll I'll do I'll go through what I probably should have gone through at the start of the today's episode, um, and it'll it's basically the the result the results from Division One and Division Two, um, of the football league at the weekend, and also the hurling championship results, um, from the the Liam McCarthy and Joe McDonough cups. So I'll start on Saturday. So as as you mentioned, Kevin Kerry had a very comprehensive win, um, over Donegal two eighteen to two ten. Um, they were looking very impressive so far, Kerry, it has to be said. Um, in Division 2 of the football, Kildare beat Westmead on a scoreline of 16 points to 11. Roscommon beat Cavan on, on a scoreline of 112 to 13 points. And it was a game I watched probably because there was nothing else on television, but it there was a few good scores in that game. It was actually quite an entertaining game, I have to say. Um, Armagh went to Clare and beat them on a scoreline of 118 to 113. And Leash had a very good win over Fermanagh on a scoreline of 3-12 to 1-11. And I think Ryan McMenamin, who's managing Fermanagh this season, was actually co- commenting on um, the weaker counties not being given the same level of respect by the GA. So it's probably an opinion that um, is felt more widely than just Buff Egan's Twitter page. Um, and just to continue then, in Division 2 of the league, or Division 4 of the league, we spoke about... Um, Limerick and Wicklow's win. Um, Limerick had a very good win against Sligo, and Wicklow beat Wexford as well. So I believe that's is that both of those two teams promoted now, Kevin? Is it? Yeah, Limerick and and Wicklow go yeah. up from Division Four, so they do. Uh, yeah. And I suppose, as you said, just to kind of touch on it, um, you you would wonder how strong or how organised or what kind of a shape Wexford are in. As you said, Paul Galvin left. Um, I think it was during the lockdown or was it after the lockdown? I'm not sure. Um, 
and there was talks of player discontent before that anyway. So it'll be interesting to see will they will they up their game for the championship or is that a sign of things to come? And on Saturday night then Dublin had a very comprehensive win over Leash on a scoreline of two thirty one um to twenty three points and I suppose that probably put to bed any notions um of Leash repeating their um famous win over um Dublin last year the I'll never forget that day. I, I I was actually at a Cork and Westmead match above in Mullingar and I was passing through Port Leash on the way home and I was I was praying for there to be additional time so that I'd miss the traffic. But at the same time I was praying for the final whistle to blow because it was a fantastic day for Leash hurling and it was great to see um them get on the map. But um, Dublin very much were stronger than them. Um, on Saturday night and it was highlighted by a fantastic performance um, from one of the Dublin players I'd never heard of him before Donald Burke he scored 116 and he scored 1-4 of that from play um, and his last point was an absolute peach so Dublin they, they, they seem to be going along nicely um, and yesterday then we focused on yesterday in Division 1 of the Football League. Um, Monaghan beat Mead on a scoreline. Actually, no, it was a draw, sorry. It was a draw 214 to 117. Mead are relegated from Division 1 already. Um, Tyrone beat Mayo in a very good game of football, 314 to 119. And that's Mayo relegated now down to Division 2. And to be honest, I wasn't too sorry to see that because... Like both Mayo and me now will be down to Division Two next year, and Cork will be there as well. So there'll be a few tough games for Cork to be playing in Division Two of the league next year, um, and I think that'll that'll bring Cork on a bit. Um, and finally, then in Salt Hill, in front in what was a gale force wind, I think anyone who watched it on television could see the Atlantic Ocean blowing up the field. Um, Dublin beat Galway in the scoreline of two fifteen to fifteen points, a huge improvement for Galway. Um, they, they looked good at one stage in the second half that they could go on and win the game, but Dublin got two very good goals and there was a very good performance um, from Dublin as well. So that was um, a good win for them. And in the Joe McDonough Cup um, yesterday, Kerry had a very good win over Mead, 120 to 13 points. Um, and Antrim had a very, very comprehensive victory over Westmead, 425 to 115. Um, so that that's Antrim, like you would, Antrim would be hoping to play at a higher level than that anyway. His, um, historically, they have a tradition of playing at a higher level. And the final game then of the, the weekend, um, Limerick had a very, very impressive win against Clare yesterday on a scoreline of 36 points to 123. Um, so there was a lot of action at the weekend. and We'll speak of some of the talking points there. Um, so as you said, Kevin, there was a great win for Kerry um, on Saturday. Cork really don't have a hope against Kerry this year, do they? Uh, well, you see, that's why I would argue that Cork should have fulfilled the fixture against Longford. Um, they're going into it now with the only competitive bit of action they had was against Loud, who were the whipping boys of Division 3 this year, um, up mm. against the Kerry team now, who've had two good performances under their belt, away to Monaghan and at home to Donegal. And yes, Donegal put out a bit of a, a weekend team, but we still beat them by 14 points, um, which, is a, which is a great kind of uh, return for 70 minutes of football. Yeah. Kind of the, the the gems that have been uncovered of kind of Tony Rosson, um and like that, just the way we're playing, pushing out of defence. But look, I I still wouldn't write Cork off. Kind of um, a couple of years ago there, or, or last year even, kind of we, we we thought, okay, here we go again. Kerry had destroyed Cork the year before, and we were on a good run as well last year. Um, but then Cork still put it up to us in Parky Cueve, 
um, in Munster. So look, we, 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 we'll see what happens. I'd still be very confident of a Kerry win, but uh, Cork are always there or thereabouts. And you, I'm just surprised that they accepted the walkover um, because I say, look, they, they need game time. They need to be mm. testing things out and seeing what way the team are gelling after the long layoff. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be yeah. it'll be exciting. It'll be good to see. But I'm also looking forward to the other games in in Munster. So Clare and Tip should be a great game. Tip had another fantastic victory. Um, yesterday they another battling performance after beating Offaly yesterday. They, they knew or last week they they knew that they, that they had to win yesterday to kind of stay up and they they got the win above in Carrick and Shannon. Um, and then Clare as well. Even though Clare had lost Armad, they, they they survived and still in Division Two. Um, and they'll both be seeing kind of a path now to the Munster final and taking on either Kerry or Cork. They, they won't fear it. Then on the other side, then Limerick should come through against Waterford fairly handy. And um, so, yeah, looking forward to the Munster Championship this year. Yeah, but like I, I know what you're saying. And I think Cork being relegated to Division 3, obviously you don't want to be in Division 3 like they got relegated last year. Um, sorry, I don't think they were ever going to feel the effects of it last year last year in the championship but I think they will feel it this year in that like I know what you're saying about them not or them not or them accepting the walk over against Longford but I'm not so sure that that would have even mattered that much because like they beat um, I can't load the week before on an absolute cricket score I actually think a lot of those players um, like they were missing the Castlehaven lads against load I think a lot of those players would have gotten more benefit from the club championship being so competitive this year um, than they would have been beaten Longford out the gate above in Longford. Um, but look, I suppose there's only one way to find that out is actually when Cork do play Kerry. Um, I'd be I'd be hopeful of a good Cork performance, but I don't think Cork are going to win. They, it's probably too soon for them. They When they go up to Division 2 next year, um, then hopefully they'll be a lot more competitive in next year's championship and hopefully there'll be a back door. But... Um, I'm not. I wouldn't be so confident this year. <laughs> I have to mention, Kevin. There's a there's a dog fight going on outside your house. There, I'd say. Just, there? just a small bit. I, I think the 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 Cork lads above here, up to, up the north side, have heard what you said. There, they're they're going for the carry boys in here. <laughs> uh, but look, look. I I think kind of when you when you when you look at if it was a normal year and if Cork were in Division Three, they got their seven wins and then probably won the league final. It would have been on the back of eight wins, a great bounce going into the Munster Championship. And that would have breathed confidence yeah. against Kerry. Now they've they've had the the five wins. They had the break. They they beat Loud, and as you say, it was a cricket score. They they'll have taken nothing from that. And now there's a bit of a pause. And now they're they're three weeks into yeah. Kerry. Yes, look look, they they may pick up a, a challenge game. I'm not sure what way our clubs able to our counties able to organise challenge games in level five lockdown or not. Um, but look, I I would just have liked to have seen Cork fulfil the fixture and really go at it against Kerry. But look. If, if I'm going to jump on the back of the Yarrow Brigade and say, look, it'll be a close contest down Park of Creeve, <laughs> I, 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 I think I'd be doing the podcast in injustice. I think Kerry should beat Cork comfortably. Um, they should, they should. And like all form lines and all all kind of logic would suggest that they would. It might be hopeful that like, maybe like last year, Cork would put in a good performance and that Kerry will come out of the match um, thinking, okay, we probably didn't play great, but onto bigger and better things. And look, obviously, I'd love if Cork won, but I'm not, I'm not delusional either into thinking that that's a likelihood. Um, but look, Cork, I think Cork are improving in the football, and I think in maybe in two or three years, you, you, we might have very competitive 
Monster Championships again. I'd be hopeful Cork could win a Monster Championship within the next two or three years, hopefully. But look, we don't know is that is that realistic either, considering how far we've fallen. So we move on to the hurling championship now. There was two hurling championship games this weekend. Um, there was a huge win for Dublin against Leash. As I said, there was one sixteen for Donald Burke. Um, he scored one sixteen and. Like Limerick yesterday looked at looked absolutely top class. Claire had no answers to them, and I kind of want to tell it. I want to tell you a small bit of a story about that Claire Limerick match yesterday. Before the match yesterday, Lim Claire were twenty two to one to win the All Ireland this year, um, and at half time that had gone down to twenty to one. So I said, "Geez, I I I'll throw a fiver each way on this." They finished the match forty to one to win the All Ireland. So. It wasn't a good day for me yesterday in terms of my betting patterns. Um, just want to before I ask Kevin to comment on those two games, I want to say safe betting. If I'm not encouraging anyone to put bets on matches, but I'm just saying that I did, and it it backfired on me. It blew back in my face because, as, as my dad said to me last night, even if Claire do win the All Ireland, now I'd be gutted because I'll have halved my winnings. But look, there we are. But I think they were two very impressive performances from. Limerick and Dublin at the weekend. Yeah, and look, just just first of all, just pick up on 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 Claire. Like, it's a very long road now to get to um, the the the, the All Ireland final. They, they'll now have kind of what yeah. is it four weeks in a row if they can do it with the, the two qualifiers, the quarter final, and then the semi final. So it'll be a tough all slog yeah. out for them. Um, so look, we we'll see what they can do. But look, certainly with, with the likes of Tony Kelly, if they can get other players playing um, to his standard, look. They, they 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 should get to a, a an all Ireland quarter final depending kind of what comes out from the Leinster side. You wouldn't see it, but you'd imagine there'll be two kind of Munster counties that will come out from the from the qualifiers. Yeah, yeah but uh, like as you, you mentioned, Tony Kelly and like he put in a performance for the ages. I think anybody who had him on their fantasy hurling team at the weekend was rewarded. Um, unfortunately, I didn't, so I didn't get the benefit of that. But like. He he put in an absolute masterclass of a performance. Like some of the scores he got were just absolutely brilliant. And like Claire scored one twenty three in the match, and Tony Kelly scored seventeen points in them. But like normally in hurling now we say oh seventeen points probably got a load of frees. He scored nine frees, so he got eight points from play, which was just an incredible return. And like this weekend was the first weekend that we saw the yellow slitter being used, I, I don't think it made much difference. It just made it probably a small bit easier to see on the telly on Saturday night watching the Dublin and Leash match. But it was something that was discussed last night in the Sunday game, Kevin, and it's something maybe a lot of hurling purists and traditionalists would be commenting on now. Are the games going too high scoring now in that, like you fellas baiting balls over the bar from 100 yards out, whereas this time 20 years ago, if someone hit a 100 yard point, you'd be thinking, Jesus, what a score. Is it happening too much? Well, yeah, look, I think it was a joke. Kenny that was kind of given out about the ball that it would kind of bring down kind of like the, the quality of the game that like they were used to the, the white slitter and um, would players kind of be able to adapt to it. But look, certainly Limerick scoring 36 points in a 70-minute game, I think, oh, this is fantastic. But it does it go back to kind of other sports where when there's no crowds in the stands that players feel like they can express themselves more, that they that the pressure isn't on as much and that they, that they are able to kind of take their score but then our defenders not pushing up as much as they should um, and we've seen kind of the same thing that's happening in soccer translating to GA where you're getting higher scoring games uh, but look in terms of kind of 20 years on look that's how the game evolves then as well kind of lads are getting 
look, they're they're better at it. We're understanding the game more. There's more of an appreciation in terms of the the equipment they're using, and th- this is why you're you're seeing such high scoring games and why they're able to score from a hundred yards out. And look, isn't it fantastic to be able to see it? It is. It is fantastic to be able to see it, and like. Maybe you're right. The fact that there was no crowds there at the weekend um, might have actually made it maybe look a small bit worse than it was. In that, like, like let's not forget, forget Clare scored one twenty three. But like, this is not the first time that Limerick have racked up a massive points total either. Like, I remember they did the same to Cork and did the hurling league before the lockdown. So, like, it is an exceptional Limerick team. Um, there has to be that has to be said, but I just wouldn't like us to get into a situation whereby that it's a, it's like a, a shooting contest that matches turn into shooting contest. There has to be a bit of goal mode action as well. There has to be, but look, I I think as we get further into the winter, I think it's inevitable the scores will come down because we're just at the end of October now. The bad weather is just really starting. Um, the pitches will be a lot softer in three or four weeks so it'll probably turn into more of a slog and there'll be no harm in that either I don't think I don't think there'll be any more harm in that um, because it'll just be a battle of who can keep to the conditions and who can brave them out but Limerick has tip up next I think tip will certainly give them a better game than 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 um, Claire did so I wouldn't be rushing to judgment too quickly on it. I think Limerick and Tip is set up for a very, very good game. And we saw last year they played each other twice and they were very, very close games. So I think it's probably, from a Cork point of view, we're due to play Waterford this weekend. Both Cork and Waterford are delighted that Limerick and Tip are on the same side of the Monster Championship draw. So like, I would hope that Cork gets to the Monster final. But if it's Waterford still... You only have to beat one of them rather than having to beat the two, and that that could make a bit of a difference. Yeah, as well, look, certainly, look, and I think that's one of the worst things though about uh, kind of lockdown is that you you have Tip and Limerick in, in Cork next week, and kind of would have drawn a massive audience, kind of from both counties, but also from the city as well. Um, and look, it should be yeah. a fantastic co- uh, uh, contest. But certainly, Cork and Waterford will be looking at the game, thinking, okay, both sides with Cork and Waterford will see will see themselves taking each other. And then they just and then they just have to take down the mountain of either Tip and Limerick, and then they have a couple of weeks off um, into kind of an order and semi final. Because as again, just like Claire, you don't want to be facing down the barrel of uh, kind of four weeks in a row with with qualifiers. Um, oh. So yeah, look, really looking forward to next weekend. It should be a great weekend of action with the Munster Championship. It should. It should. It should be very good. Um, as you said, it's going to be a long road back now for for Clare because like, they had a, ba- a bad beating. But I think it would be remiss of me not to ask you about Kerry's very impressive win against Mead. Um, I suppose that's probably a game that you would have expected Kerry to win anyway. Um, but they won it on the score. Uh, they won it by ten points. They only conceded thirteen. So it was a good way to bounce back from losing against. Yeah, so it's something like that they that they needed to do. Yeah, it was just to get the win at home. Um, another good team performance. It probably could have beaten by quite a substantial bit more but sure look we're just happy to get the win um, like that yes mm. Mead would be kind of seen as the whipping boys in the Joe McDonough this year and they're kind of favourites to go down so the main thing is that you kind of like there's no promotion this year so you just kind of consolidate your place within that championship you don't want to go down yeah. West Mead now next week who took an absolute drubbing from Antrim over the weekend and look Antrim did play well against Kerry but they were still down a lot of players because of this self-isolating crack. Um, 
and I, yeah. did, I just had a great win. So look, and Westmead were kind of they lost out the the Joe McDonald final last year to to Leash. Um, so kind of we expect the big teams mm. for that. So it'll be good to see if we can get the win against Westmead next week because then that will really kind of kick us on because after that you've Carlo and Antrim and there'll be two very tough games again. Yeah, and like you speak there, there's, there's no promotion this year. And look, that we, we knew that already. But is that unfair to players playing at the John McDonough Cup? Um, that like you're there, you're we're expecting them to go out this year now. Um, kind of give their all for their for their counties. If whoever wins the John McDonough Cup, I'm sure they'd be delighted to win it. But that the ultimate reward will be have been taken away from them. Um, yes and no. Look, I suppose look. Uh, certainly, if it if it comes to the football, I I, I don't want to see an asterisk next to it. But like this year, with all of Jay, there's an asterisk next to it saying, "Look, this was just the year that we ran off the championships." Just say that we got it done to kind of keep them going. Um. So yeah, look, yes, it'll be yeah. an annoyance that there's no real reward at the end of it. But look, I think players will just be happy just to be out there playing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. The players will be they will be happy to be out there playing, um, and I think that probably leads us into our final topic of of this weekend's show. Um, it's regarding GA sentiment out there. Um, like being honest with you, Kevin, and like I, I, I won't tell you the context, but I saw a comment from someone somewhere at the weekend. Um, I can't tell you the context, but basically blaming the lockdown, the current current level five restrictions on house parties and in inverted commas, and I quote here now, GAA men. And I, I'm actually sick of it, Kevin, to be honest with you. Like, I'm, like we're both on social media. Um, social media can be a great place, but like the GAA here after shipping so much criticism now over um, the, the house party or the, the celebrations from county finals and so on, but I like people like the those clubs. They deserve criticism for it, no doubt about that. And those the, those events couldn't can't be defended. But like to me, that's not a reason to go bashing the GA and say, "Oh, look, hairdressers can't open, or pubs can't open. So why should we have a GA championship?" Like to me, that's conflating so many issues, and it's just typical what aboutery. It kind of this this old easy kind of talk. Asher, look, the GA, they're all in the pockets of politicians and they're doing whatever they want and the rest of us have to suffer. I'm sick of it, to be honest with you, Kevin. Everyone kind of needs to take blame. I think at kind of the, the start of level three was the young people and the young people with their house parties. And then, yes, it's after going to the GA. Now, kind of, we're going to see this week, it's the non-essential shops who are staying open and selling PPE. Um, so, look, I, I just think it is the merry-go-round. Yeah. But then on the other side of it too, it's kind of look the GA. I think need to take some form of criticism, kind of like like the, this crack of parades being kind of organised in the in the height of it was absolute total stupidity. Um, kind of you, you see was. kind of fire rates rocketing in parishes that have won county championships. Is that a coincidence? I'm not sure. But then again, look, there was no GA match on in the the Berlin D two restaurant in Dublin the day they had their their rave or there was no GMH going on down exactly. Grafton Street. I think look people just need to give a give a little kick up the hole. Like it is everyone's responsibility. Yes, the GA are angels by any great stretch. But I think when you see a lot of parts of society that have been shut down and then they see a part of society like the championship going ahead, they're they're always going to attract criticism. So look I think 
GA people just need to rise above it, and as long as they're confident that they're doing their own part like that, you you see you see counties now who like that are driving individually to matches, like they're 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 keeping their face masks on, they're keeping their distances during kind of um, team talks and half time. So look, as yeah. long as look GA can be confident in themselves that they are sticking to the rules, um, and let's just hope Mayo don't win the All Ireland because certainly there'll be a month long celebration in Castlebar. Uh, which will probably oh, feature me and you, let's be honest about it. Uh, <laughs> That's exactly it. If Mayo win the other, when they, when they ever do it, I think the whole country is going to go uh, to Castlebar that Monday for the crack. Um, so, as you said, hopefully it's not this year. If, if and when it does happen, I think we all want to be a part of that. But, like, like I was just looking at Pat Spillane's article in the Sunday World yesterday, and he, like, he, he kind of... Maybe he was a bit not as diplomatic as you in that he said, "Look, what about all these house parties? What about this? What about that?" And me, maybe that is what aboutery. But I think it speaks to your point that at at certain stages of the last six months, different groups and different um, organisations have been the subject of blame. And I think I just think that they did. There's a certain amount of people out there anyway who are anti GAA, and I think those people. They shouldn't be listened to, and you're right. We probably need to rise above it. But I think at the same time, where where those kind of nasty and stupid comments come out about the GA being responsible for the second wave, those need to be called out as being false too. Because, as you said, there was no county final one in Grafton Street or in the Berlin Bar in Dublin. So those things. But you're right. You're you're right. The GA do deserve criticism then in other ways, in that the, the parades. And the celebrations and county finals were were unfortunate. But what I would argue is that the inter-county game is separate to that. Like we we've even seen on the television now in Crow Park on Saturday night, um, in Turles yesterday, the controls around in the inter-county game they were a lot better because the people running those games, the Munster Council and the Central Council. They're able to run them properly. They're not a local divisional board in West Cork or East Kerry running a, running a competition. This is the GA nationally and the provincial level. And they're a lot better equipped to run it dis- with a disciplined manner than the no, local look, GA I, look, I, I think the, 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 like the main reason why all of this has come out is that the last couple of months, everything that's gone through is the, the championship seems to be the only saving grace of this country to get us through the winter. Um, even though like that, uh, many mm. more sporting organisations like the FBI and the RFU have got money to, to play their games as well. But I think just when you, yeah. you're constantly hearing, oh, we, we need the GA to get us through the winter, we need we need it, we need the inter-county. And look, rightfully so, there are people who GA is in their game, maybe 50% of the country. Then their bitterness does creep in. And I think that's that that's what ha- is is what's happening. Yeah. Is people aren't getting what they want, so it's bitterness against what is going ahead. Even though there are other sports going ahead, but they aren't getting the coverage like the GAs. Um, and look, I, as I say, look, the GAs just need to rise above it. Um, like that, like there's local local soccer matches still going on, local rugby matches, and people aren't mm. exactly attacking them. And that's because like that, there are a few they aren't they aren't paying attention to any of the criticism. And I think just GA people are getting too bogged down with it um, and it's for no good of themselves or the country to be blaming maybe so and I, I, I just, we'll finish off now quickly on a, on a tweet um, he's a Cork man um, he's Professor Anthony O'Connor we, we've probably seen him a couple of times on television on prime time and other 
he's a consultant gastroenterologist in Dublin, but he's a great Cork GA supporter. And he put up a tweet there a couple of weeks ago, and I think he was it, it was actually it perfectly summed up about how people react to these things. And this is what he said. He said, you're absolutely right. It's the thing that you don't like or agree with that's spreading the virus, and we should be all allowed to do the thing that you like doing. And I think that could be taken in two ways. First of all, it could be taken as a criticism of the people who are saying, ah, the GA, they're the ones spreading the virus. But it's also, it probably also is a kind of a dig at GA people and thinking that, uh, look, we're allowed to do the things that we want to do and the other people are probably just a bit jealous. So you're right, the, us GA people were probably very good at um, telling everyone how great the association is and I'm, I'm as guilty of that as anybody. And I suppose if you're not a GA person, maybe it might make you sick, but... I don't think the GA going ahead has stopped anything else going ahead. It is unfortunate that culture and the arts have taken a particular hit and like live music and things like that. And like there's no doubt those have, but I don't think the GA going ahead or the GA not going ahead would have made any bit of difference to that. I think if the GA going ahead makes people who like GA happy, then that's fine because there's a lot of controls over it. And the sooner that we stop comparing how much sacrifice that we've made against how much sacrifice we think other people are not making, the faster we'll get through this winter because it's going to be a hard winter for everyone, whether we like GA or not. And it's going to be an awful lot worse if we just keep looking around us thinking, should that person isn't making any sacrifices and I'm making all the sacrifices. Why am I doing this? I'm, I'm the fool, do you know? And maybe, and I think you're probably right, Kevin. We just need to rise above that kind of level of look. I, I think unfortunately really. we just all need to adapt to what's going on around us and like that. Look, not just to GA, League of Ireland, uh, the rugby, um, like all going on behind closed doors. And then look, when you look at culture, like a great culture night again this year. But look, it was all online, um, and like yeah, yes, we want to get people kind of into shops and spending money and spending locally. But look, we just need to adapt. And if like the arts and culture want to go online, I'd be very happy to pay money to see a concert online. Um, I just think people need to get off other people's backs for the way that they're improvising and look like that. Do we want a championship without spectators in the ground? Certainly not, but is it going to happen? We'll all watch it at home. It will. And look, that's the way we're adapting. And look, we just all need to move on and rise above it. Absolutely, and I think that's a good way to finish the show. So, Kevin, thanks very much for joining me again this week. It's been a very interesting show. I hope that everybody out there likes the new format. Please feel free to get in touch with any suggestions or any comments. Um, any comments that you sent to us on social media, if we'll we'll ha- quite happily discuss them. So, if you want us to discuss any particular topics, whether it be about GA soccer or anything else, just let us know, and um, we'll be very happy to oblige you. So, thanks very much for listening again this week, and we'll nice. talk to you again next week. Thanks very much. Thanks very much for listening to another episode of the Back of the Stand podcast. Uh, we'd be very much appreciative if you give us a follow on Twitter. We're at Back of the Stand too. And also look us up on Facebook. You can just search the Back of the Stand. Um, and please also subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, and on Spotify or whatever uh, podcast uh, platform you use. Um, we'd very much appreciate um, the support. Thanks very much, guys.